0: Today's program is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Did you know that Wisconsin is home to the nation's only Master Cheesemakers program that provides innovative cheesemakers with continuing education opportunities? To learn more, visit wisconsincheese.com.
1: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org.
2: Hello, and welcome to Cutting the Curd, this is your host Elena Santagade. Cheese retail is super close to my heart. I still remember the first five minutes I had behind the first cheese counter I worked, and I'll never—I've never felt such a like this is where I'm meant to be type of feeling. Now, retailing, as any mongers out there know, is also incredibly hard. It's long hours. It's physical. And it's also customer-facing. So if you're doing it right, your body hurts at the end of the day, and that includes all the muscles in your face. <laughs> now, thankfully, there is a yin-yang element at play here. I still get dreamy-eyed about the vibes that exist between a friendly neighborhood cheesemonger and regulars. It's a special rhythm that you get to feel as a retailer. You understand the ebbs and flows of seasons differently, and even the daily cycles like reveal these nuances not obvious to regular schmoes. Plus, here in New York City, there are just so many characters who cross your path if you're a retailer. And if you have good coworkers, that is the best. You might have the most fun of your whole life. So all of this said, I am super excited to have the retailers and mongers behind Bell Cheese, Aggie Hashenko, owner-operator, and Claire Widmare, head cheesemonger, here in the studio with me today. Welcome, Aggie and Claire. Thank you. <laughs> so it's almost the one-year anniversary of the decal market where Bell Cheese has their vendor shop. Aggie, I know you've been trying, you'd been trying for a while to bring your dream of opening a cheese shop into reality. Almost over four years, I think. It's a from long
3: time. Long
2: time. Probably like feels even...
3: Many babies. Work.
4: Many.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so from what I know of that journey, I was ecstatic <laughs> when you finally found a spot for it in the market and you know, why don't you take it, take our listeners with you from idea cheese dream to like actual brick and mortar market spot.
3: Okay. Um, so I think going back to like 2012, 2013, um, was 2013 was when I actually like solidified April 2013 mm-hmm. um, was when I wanted to do it. Um, That's
2: when you wanted to open the shop. Yeah, that was your goal. In April
3: of 2013. I went immediately from like, I was actually listening to Anne be on Cutting the Gert On this show. On this show. And I was sitting on the Staten Island ferry heading to work. Oh, so Staten you know, Island,
2: there's, you can really have some good ideas on that ferry. Yeah. I gotta <laughs> say.
3: And I was like, am I seriously making this commute again? And I'm like, where am I going to be in five years? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, some things had just like sort of clicked at huh. that moment. Um, I mean, the short stories, I'd always worked in food since I moved to New York for college. Mm. Um, I went to NYU and had like a million jobs in food, even though I was a history major. And <laughs> There's a lot of history involved. Totally. It? From, you know, like restaurants to barista to internships um, to, like, HarperCollins internships. Like, I was trying to figure it out the whole time. Right. Um, but I come from an immigrant background, and it was very, like, you have to get an education. Right. So More I'll, traditional exactly. role. Exactly. So you're either going to be, like, a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. Like a brain doctor? Like a brain doctor, yeah. <laughs> Cheeseburger <laughs> was not, not exactly on that list. No. No, my parents were like, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, the, you know... I guess sort of like the food bite, not necessarily the cheese like bug. Mm-hmm. Never, it never went away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sort of narrowed down cheese through a variety of means and soul searching. And mm-hmm. um, and then you know I I came from a, a perspective of I'm going to open a shop, not that I'm oh I want to get a part time job in cheese and see what right. happens. It like, was
2: always the goal, like, yeah. Even before yeah. you step behind a counter,
3: yeah. Like. Huh. I don't really know why. I think it was just because I wanted something for myself. Mm. And I wanted... I'd worked so many jobs in food. Not right. in cheese, but in food before.
2: Right.
3: Um, and I was already in my early 30s and was just like, I need something for me that's not going to be for somebody else. Your own turf. Exactly. Um, I mean, my mom owns her own business. She's a doctor, which obviously has nothing to do with that. But I'd seen how hard she worked. Right. And at the end of the day, it's still hers. Mm. And any mistakes she makes or... Um, you know, obviously positive things that happen, it's because of her. Yeah. Um, it's
2: pretty powerful.
3: Yeah. You know, and it, it's, you know, cheesy as it sounds, it is sort of like the American yeah. dream, right? Yeah. Um, fast forward to now where I'm like, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> the American
2: dream. Your face hurts. Yeah.
3: Um, so, yeah, and then I knew I needed to start learning about like business. And I knew I needed to start learning about cheese. Mm. Um, I'd worked in a ton of restaurants and had a ton of fine dining experience, but retail,
2: um, any retail,
3: you know, I can't remember now. I mean, I've been working in food since I was 18. I don't think like specific retail and right. food.
2: Right. Um, but everybody sort of interacts with retail a lot, especially if you're in New York yeah. city, it's sort of like retail is happening so close to where you are all the time. I Absolutely. Like, right.
3: Yeah. I mean, I sort of realized that like the thing I love most about, I love to travel and I love to live in New York and I love going to small little independent shops, mm. whether they're cheese or just something like quirky. And I, mm-hmm. I wanted to bring like a neighborhood feel and a level of hospitality that was mm. sort of not fine dining us like white, you know, tablecloth, but right. I felt that it was often lacking um, in certain shops I mm-hmm. went to. Yeah. and to be greeted with a, like, hey, what's up, right? right and, like, right. that's not how I want to be greeted when I come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you were sort
2: of developing an ethos as a retailer. Yeah, not
3: even knowing it, yeah. to be honest. Hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, so I, you know, fast forward to, like, begged Anne be Saxelby for months if I could, like, <laughs> shadow it. It was really hard. I mean, I was working full-time Monday through Friday as an right. attorney. Um so eventually she conceded and let me come in for a trail and then I just would kind of come in whenever I could. Uh-huh. Um and did that on and off for a few years. Mm. Um As
2: you were sort of solidifying these plans for a shop?
3: Yeah, and then I started looking for a space which was like soul searching and demoralizing too. <laughs> and uh and trying to I started taking I did like every class Murray's had to offer for a year because mm. they had I don't know if they still have it but they had a thing where you could volunteer oh, um and right. take the class for free. Um, If you did all the cleanup and all the breakdown. So I wanted to learn about like the wine and the cheese. Right. Um, And then, you know, sort of paying my way through education through Mm -hmm. San Francisco Cheese School had an amazing professional program that I did. That was really like the best thing I did for myself. And then I did um, Sue Sturman has a program. I did her London Cheesemonger program, Uh which was just phenomenal. ended up being... Four days in London, um, and a couple of the students couldn't make it at the last minute. So it was myself, Sue, another student, and another teacher for four days. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. Really focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very focused. And Um, so
2: you also, you mentioned you were working full-time as as an attorney, which gave you, I'm sure, some flexibility in terms of, like, funding these endeavors and being able to...
3: Well, you know, in theory, of... everyone thinks, like, lawyers are loaded. It's just, mm-hmm. like, the reality is it's not true. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> I worked for Corp Council. Bust was, this yeah, myth. Yeah, let's bust, bust the, the myth. myth. If you work for, like, a large firm, you make a lot of money. Right. Um, if you, I worked as a city attorney making mm-hmm. not a lot of money for five and a half years. Right. And even at you know working at small firms, um, you make okay money. You don't make great money. And the reality is, most attorneys nowadays we still have. I'm 11 years in, and I have a ton of student debt still. Right. Um, Really interesting. So. So
2: you were really prioritizing this stuff. This wasn't just like yeah, uh, really was extra, no nonsense sort of cash flow. This was like real yeah i mean I out extra to... jobs
3: mm-hmm. um you know i've always worked a second job um mm-hmm. and just like squirreled everything away wow. um and i'm very frugal um <laughs> except <laughs> when it comes to lola bell so yes it's my dog the shop is named after her oh nice yes. she's she
2: gets spoiled she, money is no princess. object she is she's a total <laughs> princess um so then i'm gonna fast forward yes. you now because uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the market and sort of how you landed on the space that Bell Cheese is cur- currently in and at Decalb Market. But so you opened just shy of a year ago. Yes. You're about to come up on the year anniversary. June 16th. And our other guest here in the studio, Claire, joins your team. And yes. Claire, you joined when the store was pre-opening, right? Yeah. And this part of why listeners part of why I wanted Aggie and Claire on the show is because they're dynamic. If you haven't (laughs) been to bell cheese is uh, electrifying is totally inspiring. (laughs) It's really fun. You can tell they're just having a blast behind the counter. So tell me a little bit about, Claire your leap of faith in opening a new shop with a brand new shop owner and um those very early days before you kind of unlocked the counter there
4: yeah so I heard about it through another friend and Mm -hmm. we had a bunch of emails before we met and the first time we met we talked for almost two hours wow um and I was like, I love her. I want to work with her. <laughs> so it was like an in- instant personality yeah, connection. and the second time we met, I ordered nachos, and she said, this is it. I was like, she's hired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: and, uh, it was a love
4: of nachos that yeah. brought Aggie and Claire together. Yeah, we just had the same ideas, and mm. the way we wanted things to be run, and l- the same aesthetic, and... Mm. um The first day we trained, we didn't really, even though I've had a lot of training experience, we didn't talk about how we were gonna go about it, we just did it and we did it Hmm. the same way. And one of the other business owners was like, I've never seen anything like that. And we didn't have a plan, we just talked to them how we wanted it to be done and we did it the same way. And it felt really good and like just clicked immediately.
2: And was part of it for you, Claire? Like, so you you have been at a few cheese counters. Yeah. I'm sure many this of our is my listeners. Fifth, my fifth this counter. Is your fifth counter. And my fifth year. In your fifth year, yeah. which is pretty good average for cheesemongering, I have to <laughs> say so myself. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, you had been in a, a number of different settings. I mean, I know you most from Brooklyn Larder, which was yeah. also my first cheese shop I ever worked at. Yeah. And also then Italy, which like those are two hugely different settings. Was part of it sort of Aggie's approach to the hospitality side of things, the size of the business? Like what elements at this point after you'd been through five counters, what were you looking for?
4: I I really wanted to work somewhere smaller Mm. and where I could make an impact and I knew that my voice would be heard. Mm. And I also wanted to work for a woman. Mm. Um, I was ready (laughs) to like we make all the decisions together and she values my opinion and the way we do things is way easier Hmm. without, there's no strife and we really, we've never had a fight where she's my best friend. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cool. (laughs) And so, um... And and on the hospitality side, were
2: you also looking for that more a little bit more of a like intentional the the not quite white gloves but sort of fine dining inspired? Yeah,
4: I I like that we're small. We have so many regulars. Um, being able to talk to a person every day makes such a big difference. And we literally have a group of ten people who
1: mm-hmm.
4: just come to see us.
1: That's amazing. You know, the
4: cheese is. Is almost secondary now because they just want to see us. It's so fun. and then you know, selling them a bunch of cheese is also great. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a nice yeah, yeah. addition. Uh, the the approach we have is really that we want it to be an experience, and that they leave happy. Mm. Um, and we we get that every day, and it's really wonderful.
2: It's also really unique, and we'll uh, after the break again we'll get into this more. But it's really unique to create that experience amidst. I mean, how many vendors are right in your vicinity?
3: Yeah, something like almost. Well, there's almost forty vendors, I think, in the total, hall right? And so we're surrounded by like five, like five, five or six, right? Yeah, and right it's there. right up against yeah, you yeah. guys.
2: So to create this little environment of like happiness and fun is pretty remarkable.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It feels good every day going to work.
2: That's amazing. Yeah, when you um, when you do sort of focus on. Staffing and uh, operations of the shop, what what are your secrets to keeping it fun? Because that can get heavy and sort of intense and territorial. You know, there's such a direction that could go that could be
4: rough. It's not territorial at Mm -hmm. all because there's no territory. (laughs) (laughs) A hundred something square feet. Yeah. So that helps. Stock to the brim. (laughs) Um, We started with a really good team that we trained one-on-one with all of them at the same Mm. time that's and and at the beginning they were almost all of them full-time wow so being able to start from scratch with these people who had had not necessarily worked in cheese but had food experience Mm. and were willing to listen and learn and wanted to learn made a big difference Hmm.
3: yeah it's uh i mean i'm not looking specifically for people that have cheese experience if they do that's great um, and we're actually hiring right now. Uh-huh. Um, Listeners, yes. bell cheese. <laughs> um, for me, it's completely has to be a personality Greg. Right. I mean, that's what it is with Claire. Like, I, I knew already that for my like right-hand woman, which she is, I yeah. knew she had great experience, and in fact, more counter-experience than I did. Yeah. Um, I was looking for someone that would mesh well hold me that I wanted to be around with all day. Right, um, that's so crucial. I mean, right? you're working five feet apart from each other at, like, the, right. farthest, different, <laughs> the <laughs> farthest length, right? I don't want to, and, you know, of course we've had some issues, but um, we've had almost no turnover, and it, it's also one of those things where so I'll have a conversation, I'm very frank, and um, I have no problem, you know, telling one of my employees, like, hey, if you have, if there's an issue, you can discuss it with me, or you can take it outside, think about it, and then come back with a better attitude, because right. Right. I, I don't, everything, we're, we're like an open kitchen, yeah. you know? And there's no place to hide. No walls. No walls.
2: One wall. (laughs) One wall. I picked a spot without walls. You can't really use that wall for hiding in any way, shape, or form. Yeah.
4: You have to to be on. And we cultivated that with the team. They are wonderful. Really cool. Yeah. Okay.
2: So th- I'm, this is the moment when we're going to take a little break. Okay. And then coming back, we're going to chat about the market and what it's like to be a vendor shop in the midst of all these other food stalls, <laughs> which I'm sure you have things to say about that. <laughs> no um, And yeah. So listeners, we're going to be back with more from Aggie and Claire and bell cheese.
0: To learn more, visit wisconsincheese.com.
2: Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. So I'm here with Aggie Hoshenko and Claire Widmer of Bell Cheese talking about the joys and occasional sorrows <laughs> of retailing. Bell Cheese is one vendor shop among many, many food vendors in the new decal market in downtown Brooklyn. If you haven't been, it's like, make sure you go hungry, and I don't even know what to say. Just, just you,
4: should, you should know where the bathroom
3: is at oh. that time.
2: Good call. There's a
3: secret bathroom, floor one A. <sighs> oh my gosh! Don't
2: give it up. Okay. Well, now you've. That's it. The bathroom's no longer secret. So, as a lifelong New Yorker, this type of market is definitely new for me. I mean, I think of the DeKalb market and others like it. It's like the Gotham market and the food stalls in Grand Central are kind of similar. They're kind of like urban food malls in a way, which, I mean, on the one hand, I really love because I go there and I'm like, I'm going to have one of those and then I'm going to have a completely different cuisine and I haven't moved but 10 steps (laughs) and I'm really excited about that. And the other one, it's like a little disorienting on the other side for me. Um, So, you know, I guess I'm curious... From a retailer's perspective, we talked a little bit in the first half, Aggie, about your, uh, you know, journey to this dream of owning your own shop. I would assume that a market shop would have some, would be cost benefit, have cost benefits to it, especially as you're first getting started. Just like from soup to nuts, I would imagine it is is a more forgiving way to launch uh, food retail business, but I don't really know that for sure. Is that what you've experienced? Was that your (laughs) expectation?
3: (laughs) Um, so I, yeah, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I am like a total realist. I like to call myself like an optimist with like pessimistic undertones. Although I probably lean (laughs) more towards pessimism. Um, I am actually, and it still kind of blows my mind. Um, surprised at how challenging it has been financially. Mm. Um, you know, we do really well on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, weekdays are really tough there. We're also trying to differentiate ourselves mm-hmm. amongst, um, you know, there's not a lot of retailers there. And right. um, there's a Trader Joe's there, which I actually don't think hurts us. Um, I think it has phenomenal potential to help us. Right. Um, and I know, you know, they're doing crazy sales there. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think, like, this market in so many ways has, like, a European... It, it could be, like, a European way to shop where right. you go to... There's a phenomenal baker there. Right. Um, then you walk, you know, 15 feet. You're at the cheesemonger. Um, mm. My friend sells fish there. You can buy fresh fish to go home. Pickles. Pickles. Right, because it does seem there's like a the butcher. Draw,
2: the draw initially is for, like, snacks, the, the foods to eat yeah. right in the moment.
4: But there are a lot but of people right. who, who live nearby and don't right. have that experience of like a small shop.
2: Right, cuz downtown Brooklyn is not exactly known for its no. like small high yeah. quality butchers yeah. or cheese shops. It's or- not
3: ex- I mean I I actually live in the neighborhood and mm-hmm. which is like a saving grace because of the hours I work yeah. and this market has legitimately changed the entire dynamic uh, hmm. and food scene of the hmm. neighborhood. It's really been a ghost town. I've lived in that neighborhood for eight years since wow. 2010 mm-hmm. and there was no place to get anything to eat um mm-hmm. that was good right um you had to either walk into like fort green or Brown right. hill and i don't um, know what other
2: grocery store there is near there not good ones yeah.
3: yeah yeah um yeah the
4: other day i had a customer who i'd never seen before and he obviously knew about cheese and i was like well how did you find us he said i googled you Wow. I googled cheese shops near me and he oh. found us that way and he, we're gonna have a regular we have like a we have a little card system they had created and we write their names in the cheese they've had so if oh, A that don't remember if I are not there or someone doesn't remember what they've had we can write it down and every time you write their name you mm-hmm. create a regular and That's he's so gonna come great. back and We'll remember what he bought last time.
2: Especially because, as every cheesemonger knows, there's that question you oh, get of yeah. like,
4: I had, I had a cheese. cheese.
3: Yeah. What
2: was that? We used I to get crystals. a lot of, I had
4: a cheese that was rolled in blueberries. I'm like, you definitely I did liked not buy it It was really
2: good.
3: It
4: was white. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we keep track. Oh, that's great. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so then, in terms of the financial sort of challenges, has it been more of like, Customer, you know, have you felt like you want traffic <laughs> to? Up Sorry, I'm looking at her face. There's like, <laughs> you can answer this one. Uh, is it more about um, that weekday traffic in there, or have the like brick and mortar costs been? more than you know, you expected.
3: Yeah, the brick-and-mortar costs are um, significantly more than I expected because of the gross revenue. Mm. Um, and labor is expensive in New York. And if you mm-hmm. want to have good people, you have to pay for them. Right. And I would love to be able to pay everybody more. Right. Uh, but the reality is I just can't. Mm-hmm. And we just need more business. Um, and you know, it's, there are certain businesses there that are killing it, and there are certain businesses there that are struggling. Um, And I Mm. think for us, it's really hard, like, um, on the weekdays during lunch, there isn't... We're not... um like Chelsea market, we don't have a lot of tourism and we really right. need tourism on the weekdays. Right. Um, and I don't think the business community for whatever reason, aside from a few of the businesses mm-hmm. has embraced the market in the way that I think many of us thought it
2: would. And is there business, is there commercial space
3: above you in that building or is it residential?
2: There almost? is some
3: commercial space yeah. in like the building kind of associated with it. But I mean, there's like something like 50,000 office workers in the area. Wow. I mean within a few blocks. I'm not even talking about like on the other side of J Street. New York is so crazy. It's really (laughs) weird. And I mean I think and not just with us, I mean actually we don't really get this interestingly enough for lunch. Other Mm -hmm. vendors do. People, you know, the initial complaints were like, Oh, you're too expensive. The whole market is too expensive. Everybody wants to Mm. eat lunch for ten bucks or less. Right. But with all due respect, if you go to Chipotle and you get a burrito and you add guacamole, it's like twelve bucks. So and a lot of them a lot of the vendors have Really good options. I I don't know what the solution is, frankly, Hmm. for that. Um, Maybe
2: it's also, I think, you know, I always... The shops that I opened, I always said, uh, you know, a three-year scope is definitely what you have to have. But even just after that first year, there's... It's like people relax into it. Then suddenly the expectation it kind of becomes more of a worn path in that way of like Mm -hmm. people aren't as shocked. They've seen the value they've, they've gotten accustomed to it. Um,
4: I also think people don't think, you know, they'll order a $14 lunch and they don't think about that. Like you're also paying someone's salary who made that from scratch, right? You know, and, uh, and they don't always figure in that everything we sell is handmade, every cheese Mm. and every jam we hand select and they don't figure in the cost of getting it there.
2: Right. It's like yeah. when you're comparing prices of lunches, yeah. it's not apples to apples yeah. at all. So would you say Aggie that, you know, in the end you think it was a better f- deal, like an easier lift to open a shop in a market like this, or would you, I knew that you had done a lot of research for a standalone brick and mortar yeah. too.
3: Um, I mean, it's a mixed bag, right? Like mm. I, a standalone would be great. People ask us, we were just talking about this before we yeah. started. People ask us all the time, where's your real store? Which, Which is, is insulting. Such
2: a weird yeah. question yeah. because listeners, if you go to the decal market and you see the bell cheese shop, it is a cheese shop. Yeah. So I don't know it's what that with question with even things. means. Yeah.
3: But. They ask um, us every day.
2: So bizarre. Yeah.
3: It's very odd. But no, I mean, so I think I really do believe in this market and this hall mm-hmm. and in what Claire and I have created. Um, I just think the financials either are going to take time or, right. you know, they're not, and we'll have to figure out another location, which I, I don't want to do. Right? I'd, I have lots of things I'd love to do in a bigger space, you mm-hmm. know, that would allow people to sit down and hang out and have a glass of wine. Have classes. Yeah. Mm. Um, we have so many regulars that, like, it's so fun when they come and, like, hang out. And really want to chat about the really cheese. And really want to hang out yeah. and, like, eat, you yeah. know? That's really fun. Um, that is, like, the best part. Mm-hmm. You know, we have some regulars where it's, like, you know, Christmas and Hanukkah, like, every every Friday when they roll in. Yeah. <laughs> this one's for you, Bill. <laughs> Aww, Bill. We
4: need people to remember that cheese isn't just for the holidays. We need them to come right all the time. Right. You know? Yeah, buy something delicious on yeah. Tuesday.
2: Cheese is for Tuesdays. Yeah. Yeah. And Wednesdays. Yeah. Every day. And
3: Thursdays. It really is. That's the biggest thing. Like, for... It's funny, my friend owned a business down on Smith Street, which um, she ended up closing after a few years. And um, I remember at her party, a lot of people were taught like her end- ending party a lot of people were like, oh, I used to love this place and that place, but I hadn't been in six months. Well, obviously it closed. Oh, you've got to go. And when you're a neighborhood place, like, come. Come all the time. You don't have to spend 50 bucks every time. I mean, we'd love it if you do. (laughs) But, you know, come. Come, like, we're pleasant. We're fun to be around. Come get, like, a $6 piece of cheese on a daily basis, and that's, like, dessert, Right? you know?
2: Totally. Um, And I always say to people, you know, it's so funny talking about comparing apples to apples with lunches. It's also, like, People say, oh, that piece of cheese is so expensive. I'm like, it's the cost of a beer. Yeah.
4: You yeah. know,
2: a quarter pound is like the same as your fancy a beer. beer in the
4: hall is like $9. Yeah,
2: so what? Yeah. <laughs> and it'll probably last you longer. You'll get more out of it. Although I love beer, so right. that's okay. <laughs> but have both. But
3: there is a, it's interesting, and I actually really, I guess I didn't understand it, but this like cost-benefit analysis that frankly makes just no sense to me, mm-hmm. where People will go, they'll get like a drink and whatever lunch they got mm-hmm. and they'll drop 20 bucks and they'll go to another vendor and then they'll come and complain about the cost of right. artisanal cheese. Right. And I'm like, what? Maybe I, it's I,
2: also like spending fatigue and it's just rotten luck. They like land on w- at one vendor shop and they're like, I've just, yeah. that's it. I've had it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. it's interesting. Yeah, it is Ooh, interesting. Jinx. Oh, I love a good jinx. Okay, so I can't believe it, but we're almost out of time. Uh-huh. And I want to ask you each one more question, which okay. is always my favorite question to ask. Uh, and we'll start with you, Claire, Yeah. since Aggie is taking a sip of her water. Um, what advice would you give to other mongers who are looking for a great post, you know, who are looking to feel the way that you feel about Aggie and, and to be as committed to the place that they're working well, in. I think
4: finding Aggie is like one in a million. So <laughs> that's it's always trying to make me cry.
2: <laughs> I'm hoping that you both cry as we go out in my um, final sentence. I
4: think that, like, just going for it. You know, if you're, mm. you know, the, our community is so small. We all know each other and wanting to stay in what you're doing is really important. And like Mm. feeling that you're needed and that you matter um, is really hard. And when you can find that, you just have to hold on.
2: Great. Yeah. So true. All right, Aggie, what would you, what advice would you give to owners to, to I'm sure listeners out there have the cheese dream that you had And are nervous and scared or feel like they have to be, you know, I'm glad we like busted the high paid attorney myth. Cause I think a lot of people <laughs> think they need to yeah. have some sort of like crazy amount of wealth to do it. It's like, what would you say to people who are feeling like it might be out of reach, but they're really into it?
3: I mean, I think you have to like really want it and mm-hmm. then go for it. I mean, this literally I saved for this for years. Right. And, and then once I found a spot, I, I, signed to participate in this market in 2015. We didn't open until 2017, if that tells you wow. anything, So that was two years.
2: So patience is a virtue yeah, here. Yeah, it really perseverance. is. Perseverance.
3: And trying to find a good person. I mean, I'm really lucky that I found someone like Claire that I mesh with mm-hmm. um, so well. She's literally crying here, people. Um, <laughs> Listeners,
2: Claire is crying.
3: <laughs> but, you know, really finding someone that you trust and... um that really cares. Um, and that you want to be five feet away from every day at work. Is yeah. So that's crucial.
4: Sweating over a Yes, <laughs> totally.
3: <laughs> oh, you guys, we're going to make you cry. Now yeah, well, I'm going to cry. <laughs>
2: all right well my goodness listeners if you haven't been and you are in New York you need to go to Belchie's go on a weekday then you can have extra time to hang out with Aggie and Claire Um, but go whenever because it really is a remarkable shop that they've created and it's a really fun experience to check out the decal market Um, thanks to you both for joining us today it's a
4: pleasure
2: thank you I'm Elena Sanegade and we'll be back next week with more Cutting the Curd